You're listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. A reading from Jeremiah chapter 31. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I'm going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path, in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him, and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. That is a very encouraging passage of Scripture. That the things that have struggled and oppressed us and hurt us in the past will come to an end and God's blessings will come again and we will feel merry, we'll be blessed, we will come out of the darkness into the light, that things will get better. Jeremiah, what a powerful prophet from the days of old. So the service today is titled uh, Old Lang Syne, named after the old folk song, the old Scottish folk song that we referenced earlier uh, during our time of offering. Old Lang Syne, is, it's a Scottish uh, folk song. Uh, Robert Burns is the name of the author from the 18th century. It's, uh, not, it doesn't translate perfectly into English. Old Lang Syne would mean kind of old, long since, meaning kind of it's been a long time since then, or, or the old days, like the good old days. And the song begins kind of with a rhetorical question. Uh, should old acquaintance be forgot? And the, the answer, of course, is, was, was, of course, no. And I, I have to confess, I, I stand before you today heavy-hearted because we prayed today for Lauren Hunt's family and friends, and we have been praying for months and even almost years on end now for Lauren. Uh, he came to our community a few years ago, and quickly became kind of a part of us, uh, already kind of well-known throughout Lakeland and Polk County. Um, Lauren was a, was a real advocate and, and activist 
in the AA community. In fact, last Sunday, he marked his 25th anniversary of sobriety. And the song says what we should do to kind of remember the past or to remember it well is to take a long drink of kindness. And Lauren really kind of incarnated kindness. He was a good friend, and he had lots and lots of good friends. I, I seemed like I was constantly meeting another friend of Lauren, and they were close. And he really kind of embodied what that meant. And so today, kind of in honor of Lauren, I'd like to share a few thoughts with you about Jeremiah and about this song and about our lives as we've kind of finished this last trip around the sun, you know, this 2020th time around the sun since we've been marking time the way we have, that is around the, you know, the birth of Jesus and what that might mean for us and what it might mean for us to, to look forward. We'll start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah was prophesying at a really tumultuous time. So his predecessor, Isaiah, had prophesied before the exile. Think before the pandemic, before the cultural upheavals, right? Before the, the awareness of all of the injustices, like before the troubles. He prophesied that they were coming. But Jeremiah was prophesying during the midst of it. Like he was saying, hey, Babylon's coming and they're going to, it's going to destroy us. And, and sure enough, Babylon came and destroyed, destroyed Jerusalem. And, and then he continued to prophesy about what it was going to be like when people were taken into exile, into Babylon, into 2020, so to speak, right? Into the time of difficulty. And he prophesied what it would be like during that time. And then he also prophesied what it would be like after that time. In fact, the, the, the book of Jeremiah can kind of be divided into these two sections, so the first half and the second half. And the first half is about pulling up and tearing down. It's a, it's a word that comes to Jeremiah, and it's recorded in Jeremiah chapter 1, that we're going to have to pull up and tear down, and we're going to have to build and plant. Now, the pulling up and tearing down is getting ready for the difficult time, like we're not going to, we don't need these gardens here, right? We need to pull this up. We need to tear down these houses because destruction's on its way. We're going to end up not where, not in the homeland of our mothers and fathers and our grandmothers and grandfathers, but we're going to end up somewhere else, which is exactly what happens. And then the second half of the book is about building and planting, which in and of itself is not necessarily all good news. Because the, the, the message comes like this, uh, God sending Babylon, Babylon's going to judge us, our homes are going to be destroyed, our temple's going to be destroyed, and we're going to be taken into captivity. So the first response was, how long, O oh Lord? How long will it be like that? Like, how long will we be in the dark time? How long will 2020 last? Kind of, right? And he says, well, I tell you what, why don't you go ahead, when you get to Babylon, and build a house and plant a garden? which suggests it's not going to be over soon. Like, it's not just, we're not going to snap back. We're not just going there for, you know, a long weekend. 
You're going to have time to build a house. You're going to have time to plant a garden. You're going to be living in that time of difficulty for a while. Now, that is not encouraging news. That's, that is difficult news. And, and like my friend, Lauren, who suffered a lot. I mean, he had cancer, and he went through trial after trial and treatment after treatment. And he was always so um, optimistic, like, I'm fighting this. There was never this kind of, kind of just this sense of kind of giving in. There was a full embrace of life. He might have been in the exile of, of terminal illness for a long time, but he built a house and he planted a garden. Like, our lives are not just what we experience, but it's how we respond to what we experience. Like, we have all, we all face hard times, but how are we going to, how are we going to respond to those hard times? Like, that's, that's important. And when we, when we come back around to this song, for old time's sake, like the song, as you know, Old Lang Syne, is often sung on New Year's Eve. Um, it's, it's sung uh, at, you know, weddings. It's sung at funerals. It's sung at graduations. Uh, sometimes if you're in the scouting world, uh, it's often uh, sung at scout jamborees. And it's a way of kind of looking back about what we've experienced, but then also looking forward. One of the, one of the, the in terms of uh, media, uh, when I hear the song Old Lang Syne, I think of that final scene in It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, right? They're singing that, and he's looked back on his life, and he's realized that the world is better with him in it than not being there. Surely you know this, this film. If you don't know it, you, you definitely need to watch it. We watch it every year on Christmas Eve. That's our, one of our traditions. But I also want to offer you this warning. When we're thinking about the past, we have to be careful because nostalgia is a dangerous and uh, a, um, seductive um, emotion. Nostalgia makes us look at the past in ways where we romanticize it and we forget the things that are bad or evil even that do, that do harm and we only remember it in ways that don't do justice to the past. Like one of the dangers of trying to romanticize the good old days is that the good old days is what brought us to the present. It's what we did in the past that brought us to the present that we have. So there's nothing to suggest that if we got back to the good old days, that we wouldn't repeat what happened and bring us to our present problems. So if we think that somehow the past was better than the present, if we, again, if we repeated the past, it would just re recreate the present for someone else in the future. Like, part of our problems is the fact that they weren't addressed in the past. So... In kind of a leave it to beaver kind of way, we think about the 1950s and we say, oh, wasn't that kind of a grand time for the United States? But in the 1950s, sexism was plaguing our culture even more than it does today. 
In the 1950s, racism was plaguing our culture even more than it does today. And neither one of those problems, neither sexism nor racism, has been solved, right? There is plenty more work to do. There might be more work to do than there has been work that's been done. But when we think about the old days, we have to think about them in ways that both appreciate what has happened, but, but, don't, but don't whitewash them. Right? Because we don't want to, 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 to repeat those things that we've done. So, but as we remember the past, we also don't need to kind of baptize it into some kind of, well, let's forget about the past and move on. Like, some people, when they hear the song, Old Lang Syne, they don't even think of it as a rhetorical question, should old acquaintance be forgot? But they're, they're using it more as a, as a condition, like what if that were to happen? But, <clears throat> but that would be awful. We don't want to forget what, what we've, we've done. We don't want to forget what we've gone through, even if what we've gone through has been difficult. We want to learn from that. And I think there are all sorts of things that we can, have, we can say we've learned from 2020. We've learned how precious it is to be with other people because we've had to experience times of quarantine. We've learned how nice it is to take a nice deep breath without a mask on, right? Because we've had to wear masks so often in public. We've learned how, how, how brave our healthcare workers are and other folks who are working on the front lines who are providing food or working at the grocery stores or, or doing those things that our culture seems that it can't live without or our bodies literally can't live without. There's a lot that we could have learned for such things. And in the midst of all of that in 2020, right, when our emotions were thin, when our patience had been tested, when, when we, our, our pocketbooks and our 401ks had kind of struggled, right, we became aware, too, of, of the kind of racial inequalities in our culture. And it's, it's, not as those, it's not as though COVID-19 created those things, but it, it did create in us a certain sensitivity that otherwise I don't know that we would have had. So there are all sorts of things to learn from those hard times. Coming back around again to, to the Jewish people, they sometimes did suffer from nostalgia. They thought that in the good old days, things were so good that God would always be there. Like one of the things they said to Jeremiah when, they, when Jeremiah said Babylon's coming to destroy Jerusalem, they're like, that's not possible. Because in Jerusalem is the temple of the Lord. This is God's place. We are God's people. We will not suffer. We will not suffer loss. We will not suffer shame. We will not suffer destruction. We have the temple of the Lord. And they said temple of the Lord so many times to Jeremiah that Jeremiah got fed up with it. And at one point, he's like, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord. Keep saying it. It's not a magic word. It's not going to do anything for you. You can't put on your TOTL bracelets and T-shirts and bumper stickers, I guess on chariots perhaps, right? You can't think that because I'm 
of, of God, right? Because I'm here, therefore, nothing uh, ill will ever come my way. Because it just doesn't work that way. In fact, if anything, it might, it might seem to work in a different direction. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You have to care for the other. This is the, the turn the other cheek and the give them your shirt when they sue you for your coat and go the second mile and judge not lest you be judged type of kingdom. This is to, to be kind to the, to the thirsty and the hungry and the naked and the stranger and the sick and the prisoner. This, this is, in a way, calling us what this old Scottish folk song calls us to, to take a long drink of kindness. And I'm not just talking about those random acts of kindness, which I'm all in favor of. I love random acts of kindness. I'm talking about deliberate lifestyle of kindness, about preferring the other, about not getting kind of sucked up into ideological um, interpretations of reality, right? We, we keep our distance. We wash our hands. We wear our mask because we care for one another, because we don't want someone else to get sick, because we don't want someone else to die. We, we do it as an as a act of love, and we're going to continue to do it. Like, it would be great if somehow viruses knew calendars, like if the virus could know time, like, oh, well, it was, it was tough knowing you, Corona, but it's 2021, so I guess you're out, right? Viruses don't know gender. They don't know race. They don't know nationality. Viruses don't know geography, and viruses don't know time. And so at least for the foreseeable future, we're still here, right? We're still in the midst of a pandemic. It didn't end on January 31st at midnight. And so we still need to take care. We need to care for one another. We need to care for ourselves. The economy will continue to struggle a bit. Um, the sick will continue to be sick. The healthy need to be, you know, we need to do things to prevent them from getting sick. So we can both look back in an appreciation for what we have learned and what God has brought us through and what we've learned from others and how they have faced difficulties, particularly Lauren. And we can also look forward. We can look forward to a time, like Jeremiah said, this is later in the book, this is chapter 31. He says, I'm going to call nations back together. I'm going to call people, different people groups back together. Groups that used to be at odds with one another are going to sit down at the same table. The young and the old are going to dance. They're, they're going to be merry. They're going to be happy. They're going to be joyful. They're going to they're experience goodness. Their, their uh, crops are going to grow. Their flocks are going to increase. Like the, the, the future is, is better than the past. That's what Jeremiah had to say. 
And I think it's a word for us today, too, that the future is better than the past. That, that 2021, this is not, this shouldn't be a big bet here, but 2021 can be better than 2020. Amen? Yeah, amen. And so that's, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're trusting in. And I believe it. I really do. I didn't foresee, you know, last year at this time, I didn't foresee what was coming, right? I didn't have 2020 vision. <laughs> but I hope, I pray, I put my trust in God and in the messages that he has sent to his people that are now recorded and read by us as sacred scripture. And like Jeremiah and like Robert Burns, who wrote that song, uh, we won't forget our ties to one another and we'll drink a long, deep, full drink of kindness. And we'll let that be our game plan that be our blueprint for what's coming. Um, as this season ends, this Christmas time, and as we open up to Epiphany, uh, we've titled our Epiphany series, The Gospel Truth. And the, the, the graphic for this series looks a bit like a blueprint. And it is just that. It's about building. It's about planning and about planting planning for the future, which is what planting a garden is all about, right? You don't plant, um, whether it's flowers or whether it's vegetables or whether it's trees, right? You don't plant things if you don't have some hope for the future, right? Because when you put the seed in the ground, that's not for today. That's not even for tomorrow, right? That's for weeks and months to come. And that's what I think we can do. We can, we can take our kindness along with all the other fruit of the Spirit, our love and our joy and our patience and our goodness and our self-control and patience. And we can take all that and we plant it in the ground. We plant it into the lives of other people into our families, into our neighbors, into our community, into our church. And we water it. And we wait and we trust that it will grow and it will, and it will, it will produce for us. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.